Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Yeah. So what? Uh, welcome to this is the latest Keegan Odyssey um, my voice is still a little bit wrecked because we've been on tour over the last few days and mm. just uh, just giving it uh, 250% night after exactly. night and it's just and it's gonna it's gonna have an impact it's gonna have an impact on you physically you're yeah. gonna pick up little knocks it's like a, a team going for the title you're gonna pick up knocks along the way little muscle strains yeah right But they happen with fatigue, but you just got to keep on fighting to the end and it's, keep giving your all. It's kind of like, you know, when the, the England team are away at the World Cup, like example last mm. year when they got to the semi-final and then all the yeah. players get extra rest before pre-season. And some mm. people go, ah, it's just kicking a football about why do they need no. extra rest? No, it's not. They fucking need it. If they it's need it all like, right. And now we know exactly what it felt like yeah, we're ex when exactly Southgate's boys went on that historic run to the semi-finals yeah. we know exactly what Harry Maguire John Stones Jesse Lingard and Kieran Trippier felt like yeah because we did eight shows in five nights and some yeah. of them were over an hour long and um, I've got to say you know yeah top flight football probably quite tiring but we were doing two shows in one night with yeah. an hour in between yeah we did that on Friday and Saturday Then we did it again on the Monday. Yeah. And that is... I don't see footballers going out, playing a fucking top-flight, exhausting game, then winning, and then going out and doing it again a second time, and probably winning by a bigger margin, Yeah, in, a, in our case. Right. Like we went out, we smashed it at seven o'clock, and then at nine o'clock we went out and we smashed it even harder, usually. You've got to go again, you've got to go bigger, because, you know, the crowd mm. are uh, uh, well, more refreshed. They're more drunk. So they expect more. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we did it, and we're, we're paying the price now. We're suffering, but you know, we, we'll keep going for you, the listener. Um, I think it's, that, it's all about you. We're making sacrifices every yeah. day. Sacrifices not just to our health, but even to our own families and certainly yeah. our livelihoods. Yeah. Although having said that, both my kids were out of school by seven fifty-five a.m. this morning. Oh, dreamland! Oh, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I had to go back to bed. <laughs> yeah, well, good on you. What else is there to do in a situation really. like that? You've got to cash in. You've got to cash in and get the naps in when you can. Yeah, bank that I sleep. Might start, I might start running a sort of a, a, a nap counter. You know, some people have apps that... Um, fucking hell, it's a good idea for an app, this. A nap right? app. The nap, the nap app, right? Yeah. Because people have things that count the steps they do or count the alcohol they drink yeah. or count the calories they're eating, right? F fucking hell. What, or the only thing I'm interested in fucking monitoring and counting now is the amount of naps I'm able to get in in a week. 
and then I can have a target. I could almost have a sponsored nap target. Other people could look at it, like on the Strava exercise app where you kind yeah. of can compare the exercise you've been doing. You could, we could all compare our naps and I could even do sponsored naps like, okay, in the month of November, we're going to change it to Napvember <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to attempt to get in an accumulative 14 hours of naps in that yeah. month. Because, I mean, I've just looked. Obviously, there are some nap apps, but they're, they're like the sleep apps where they say, oh, you mustn't nap for too long. And this is, yeah. when, this is when your peak optimum nap is. But ours will be more like Fuck a social off. media kind of thing, which says, like, I nap for four hours today. How about you? And then you get together yeah. with other nappers and sort of glory in it instead of it a being all science A nap together. Do you make, like, you know, like, I mean, people talk about this a lot. It's probably a bit, bit of a cliche, but, you know, there was nap time when you were at nursery school. <laughs> And it'd be good if we could arrange something like that, maybe in a hipster bar in yeah. East London. Yeah, we're all getting together to have a nap. There probably already is. There's probably hipsters that get together and have an ironic siesta. Yeah, it's uh, a bit, but this is different. Yeah, actually, this is different. Yeah, with ours, the more, more you nap, you could end up getting like shopping rewards, like vouchers for Argos, stuff like yeah. that. We'll get some brands involved. Yeah, we'll get brilliant. We'll get McDonald's involved, mate. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, if you get stuff that'll give you a bit of a, a sugar rush and then you can crash into your nap mm. sort of an hour and a half later on. I remember one of the best naps ever was it was my birthday uh, and I was, a, I don't know, I reckon I was about 31 and my, like, I wasn't doing anything. I think, like, my wife, it was a work day, it was a rainy work day mm. and my mum took pity on me she came over with her husband, the osteopath, Rod McDonald, and um, they took me to the pub. I had a little office at the time. I was working alone trying to write my second book, and they took me to the pub next door, and I had two pints of London pride and a steak and ale pie with mash yeah. and vegetables. And then, and then they went, and I went back into this little office. I was renting an office. It was above an architect's firm, and... I was just in the little room on my own and I fucking, I, was, I had a puffer jacket, which really is good for like doubling up as a duvet. Mm. And I laid it out all neat on the floor under my desk and rolled myself up in it like a sausage roll. Ooh. And I, I didn't wait. When I woke up, I was still in the office and it was dark and everything <laughs> had been locked up because I think they must have checked, popped their head around the door to make sure I was like, had gone and then not seen me sleeping under the desk. In your sausage roll. I always remember that. Memorable naps. Uh, yeah. If anyone's got some memorable naps they want to send, send in. in, tell us. I'm yeah, glorying it. This is the future of this podcast. Right. Um, we're supposed to be talking about Kevin Keegan. Though, aren't we? we should get to that, really. Kevin Keegan. Here we are. What's he done? Left City. Well, we just it was a bit of a cliffhanger last time. He's at Manchester City. Uh, Joey Barton had been reportedly uh, ran away from the scene of a crime when a mm. car had, had crashed into a, a car showroom. Uh, I've never uh, been to Charlie in my life. Exactly. Yeah, Joey denied all knowledge of it. Um, but the police came into the city the next day and um, a police officer turned up with a CCTV from the car showroom. They sat down to watch the tape. The, car, the camera showed all the shiny new cars lined up inside the showroom. Mm, shiny new cars. And uh, you can probably imagine where this story is going, says Kev. 
All of a sudden, a blue Vectra appears out of nowhere, comes hurtling through the front window. There's glass everywhere, alarms going off, and at least three cars damaged. Then, through all this chaos, guess who jumped out of the car, turned on his heels, was out through the smashed window like a greyhound? Joy Barton. Oh, like a greyhound. Like a greyhound he was. I said to Arthur Cox, maybe we should play him on the wing if he can move that quickly. Like a piece of silver paper on the wind he was. Joey Barton. Yeah. Um, the only mitigation was that Joey wasn't driving. That's all right then. Um, <laughs> I wasn't even driving the car, Gaffer. I didn't even know who the fella was. In fact, I was telling him to stop. <laughs> yeah. I told him to pull over near the car showroom, but he just fucking drove into it. <laughs> Um, Please pull over, I want to get out here I want no part of this Oh, look what you've done <laughs> I can't believe it I'm going to have That to lay is it. not on That is illegal Right, I'm running away <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was it Joey ended up in court for that one, says Kev And then when Kev had his second spell at St James's Park Which we'll get to later in this episode Joey was sent to prison for giving two people a vicious beating, one a boy of 16, he says, on a night out in Liverpool, again involving alcohol. It's that demon drink again, alcohol. Yeah, bloody alcohol. Bloody fucking alcohol. <laughs> uh, and that time, the, That's the a incident... That's a idea, bloody fucking alcohol. But it wasn't Joey's fault, you say, Sam, because the incident oh. predated Kev's arrival at St James's Park because Newcastle mm. had been playing a Boxing Day game at Wigan and the manager at the time, Sam Allardyce, had left Joey out of the squad. Joey, mm. as a result, went into Liverpool in a rage, got drunk, beat this kid up and got six months. So it was all Sam Allardyce's fault. Fucking Sam Allardyce. I can't believe he dropped me. Right, I'm going into the city centre to beat up a kid. <laughs> That'll show them. That'll show all of them. That'll get me back in the team for the cup match on Wednesday. Allardyce would have been impressed. I've got to say, I don't condone violence, but looking back at that CCTV footage, I admire his passion. <laughs> if he can put half of that into playing in midfield on on Saturdays and we've got a real player on our hands. He's, he's giving me second thoughts about my decision. It's exactly the reaction <laughs> I wanted from him. <laughs> um, and then Kev tries to do a bit of psychoanalysis. You know, Joey Barton. Um... With any other player, you wouldn't expect these problems, but with Joey, there was always something going on inside that confused, angry mind. He would do it in training too. Um, the last thing I wanted was a player trying to hurt a teammate, but there was always that danger with Joey because his competitiveness went to ridiculous levels. He would get upset about a tackle and go looking for revenge. This is just in training. You know, he'd wipe out teammates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course I mean... I mean, Joey, I've read Joey Barton's book. Some some counters have said we should do a deep dive. But he had a terrible life, Joey, Joey Barton. You know, an upbringing which was sound quite traumatic. Mm. And I sort of think it's amazing in a way that he made it as a footballer. And I'm not defending all the awful, like, violent acts that he's committed. But at the same time, you kind of look at it and you think, God, you know, this is a bloke who's coping with a lot of psychological yeah. and emotional trauma in his life. There's obviously going to be a response to that. And he's caught in a struggle the whole time between the Joey Barton, who's obviously a really committed, it was really a committed athlete. The Joey Barton who wants to better himself and become like, you know, some, something of a, a cultural 
thoughtful and intelligent man, which yeah. he's obviously made efforts a, to do. A contributor right? to and the intellectual Illuminati of the, the nation. Yes, and uh, but then at the same time, he's still got this a fucking angry, violent kid inside of him. And that's... So it's complicated, and in some ways it's sad. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some people listening who are like, you know, no, it's not sad. I don't go around beating people up, and I didn't have a happy childhood. But, you know, yeah. if you think a little bit more deeply about the human experience, then that's you will understand that... In, and that's what we're trying to always yeah. do. Yeah. Joey Barton, in some ways, is a victim of his own background and uh, you know and it's a shame this podcast about two things it's about examining the human mind really mm. and it's about trust and and, yeah, and, and, and coins and ghosts ghosts and as digging. well yeah 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 so yeah and then and then kev cites that uh training ground beating that he handed out to usmane darbo which ended him in court again uh, he says, in the end, you just had to accept he got a kick out of hurting people. That was joy. He <laughs> 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 just like violence. What can you do? What can you say? Joey's Joey. <laughs> Some people, I, what I like is a pint of prawns. <laughs> Joey, Joey like fighting. The rabbit cigars Mack, in the kid's eyes. Laurie Mack, he, Laurie Mack loved light fittings. Everyone responds to different things. Everyone has different hobbies. <laughs> he says... Then the last time I saw him, he couldn't have been more charming. I just wanted to thank you for all you did for me, he said. Jane thought he was lovely. Mm-hmm. He was never violent towards Jane. I want you Jane. to know, Gaffer. I want you to know, Gaffer. I'm a man of violence. But <laughs> I, you can trust me on this. I would never hurt a hair on your Jean's head, no matter what the provocation. <laughs> <laughs> you are my bond. I, I, a man of war, will never <laughs> wage war on your wife. <laughs> she's a lovely lady and she doesn't deserve her even if she angers me or disrespects me or antagonises I tell you now I'll, I will take the violence and the rage out on someone else <laughs> I'm a gentleman at the end of the day <laughs> oh isn't she nice our Kevin gentleman well, thug <laughs> well he, he is he is to us. Whoa, whoa, betide if you get on the wrong side of him, Gene. <laughs> you thought I was bad when I swung for Billy Bremner that time at Wembley. That's that nothing in comparison to what I've seen that lad do. <laughs> Mind you, if I'd had a cigar that day, I might have put it out on Bremner's face. <laughs> so, uh, the, the goings on at City, it's coming to an end. Uh, he says, my time at the club had gone stale. I got to March. I announced I would leave after the final game of the season. My contract lasted until the summer of 2006, but we weren't in great shape. Uh, we hadn't pushed on with our playing staff. The club had underachieved, and we'd become also runs, trying to stay in the division while other teams were overtaking us. Anelka had gone. Anelka was, was, you know, he was the star there. He'd gone to Fenerbahce in the January transfer window. And our only signings in the final season were Danny Mills on a free from Leeds and Ronald Waterius also won a free a backup goalkeeper from PSV um, so I mean obviously this is before the money flooded into City and this was City mm. just trying to survive in the Premier League and it wasn't what Kevin was about he was about box office signings spending shitloads of money Kev wanted a soccer circus Kev's wanted a soccer yeah. circus all the way through hasn't he he wants 
shit to be happening all the time. Excitement, drama, yeah. hijinks and glamour. And that's why, you know, that's why we, we love Double K. That's Maybe. why I would have fucking loved Double K to have been manager of West Ham. In fact, yeah. I still would. Maybe he's Wouldn't just trying like to keep Sunderland. Maybe he's just trying to keep Jane happy all the time. Maybe this is all about yeah. Jane. Who knows? Jane gets easily bored, you see. Yeah. And sometimes, some people ask me, why was it that you signed Tino Espria when you already had Alan Shearer in the t- when you already had Les Ferdinand up front? I tell him Jean was getting bored. It was around the time that the menopause started to kick in, so I needed to do something to cheer up. Some men would buy her, uh, their wives flowers or chocolates. But I bought her Tino Espria, and it really helped her at a difficult time in her life. <laughs> so Kevin decided in March that he was going to um, announce he was going to leave after the final game of the season. Um, but then John Wardle, the chairman, said they weren't going to buy any more players. Uh, they were 12th consolidated, and John suggested it might be better to bring forward my departure rather than turn into a long goodbye. Look, Kev, we're not going to buy any more players this season. Right, what? Well, I'm gonna fuck off now. Then I'm going now. <laughs> fuck the end of the season. I'm going. To... I ain't What's the point of having a manager if he can't sign people? That's the job. There's nothing else to it. You well, buy players. The, the, there's the transfer window as well. Kid. Oh, I don't care about the transfer window. I sign players and put them in cold storage for next season. Transfer I've window means I've never paid out. any attention to it. Trust me, I've never, never paid attention to transfer window, and it's never once caused me any trouble. <laughs> So uh, that was the end of it for, at Manchester City for Kev, unfortunately. Jalapeño. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. We move on to the next chapter, chapter 19 in the book. Um, yeah. Hey, I tell you what, it says 80% of the way through, so we're coming to the oh, end. We, yeah. Um, we got at, at, this, at this rate, we could be finished by 2021. Christmas, maybe, yeah. And maybe by Christmas, and then we'll have to think of what the next deep dive is going to be. So, canters, start putting your thinking caps on. Yeah. Um, chapter 19 is simply entitled My Big Mistake and I'll, I'll just read out <laughs> the first sentence verbatim and you can yeah. see what you think yeah. it was Terry McDermott who sounded me out about returning to management at Newcastle and at first I didn't find the idea hugely appealing uh oh Terry Mack's back boss <laughs> Terry Mack where are you boss I look for you everywhere <laughs> Terry I left Newcastle United nigh on 15 years ago. <laughs> I'm still here. Flaming bloody fucking heck. 
Did you? <laughs> I've been here as director of professional services ever since you left. What have you been up to, Gaffer? <laughs> well, I managed Fulham and then England and then Manchester City. Fuck okay, hell. I'll admit, I must have had my head up my own arsehole all this time. That's I assumed you were still the gaffer here. <laughs> That's the thing. It says Terry was still on the coaching staff, so I didn't remember that he'd been there all that time afterwards. But, yeah, he was still around. Is yeah, fair play to you know, you know, the, not the cones that they put out for training, but, you know, the little plastic circles you mark a pitch out with. The dots. The They call them the, training discs. I call them dots. dots. I'm in charge of the dots now. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely for you, Terry. Well done. It's yeah, great. they're about the same size and dimensions as bakers. So it's second nature to me handling them like. They're like cones, but they're not as big. So I could just carry them around in it as the carrier bag. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, that's nice, Terry. Now, what is the ma- the purpose of this telephone call? <laughs> oh, I. Yeah, they want you to hold back us, gaffer, gaffer. <laughs> um, but he's not. He's not keen. Uh, my response was to knock back the idea straight away. As far as I was concerned, that chapter of my life was closed. I wasn't a great believer in going back to a former club, and I'd already had two spells at Newcastle as player and manager. The idea of a third coming was not one to begin with that I embraced. But then the soccer circus in his head kicked in and he realised that, of course, it would be incredibly dramatic and exciting. And ah, not to mention lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> at the same time, it was amazing how quickly I got the bug again. I missed the banter, the camaraderie and the euphoria of getting on a coach when your team had won away from home. It can be strangely addictive football. Bit like this podcast. So yeah. it says Terry, who was still on the coaching staff, had planted a seed. And when Chris Mort rang to introduce himself as Newcastle's executive chairman and ask if I would meet him in London, I agreed on condition that Mike Ashley, the owner, was there too. I wanted to meet the man at the top. Mike, it's Chris. Uh, I've got Kevin, but he wants to meet you. Ah, oh, fucking hell. Can you not just fucking do it yourself? Just get him in. I don't want to fucking meet these cunts. <laughs> so he sets up a meeting um, I started looking through Newcastle's squad and their fixture list mentally I was tuning in straight away so there's heard, a- of, heard of heard of not heard of heard <laughs> of not heard of not heard of not heard of gee there's almost as many I haven't heard of as I had heard of oh it seems like Rob Lee's moved on hmm interesting gee google this right is Keith G- where is Keith Gillespie <laughs> so, and Philippe Albert will need him back to to strengthen the defence. So, this is a this is a weird bit, but kind of in keeping with everything else. They've set up a London meeting um, for eleven a.m. with Mike Ashley and Chris Mort. And mm. Kev says we drove through the middle of the night, <laughs> which is something he always does. He, he's he's obsessed with it. He's Come living, on, Gene, we're going. He's living. But what, what, what do you mean? It's only an hour away. Yeah, we better go in, through the night. We want to miss traffic. He's living in Hampshire, isn't he? Yeah. So what's he doing? Getting the, driving in the middle of the night to get to London? It's like straight up the M3. It takes like hour and a half. It's unbelievable. <laughs> no, we're set off now, Gene. We're set off now at like <laughs> three a.m. We'll get to the outskirts of London. <laughs> If there's a bit of traffic problem, it might be like 6am 
and then you know we might have to abandon the car and walk in from then because London's a fucking nightmare <laughs> for traffic. What I like to do is get right onto the North Circular, and uh, no, the South Circular, and then what I'll do is I'll find a, a quiet spot, pull over, and then I'll make myself up a little bed in the back, right, <laughs> and sleep for four hours. Then I will wake up and walk the rest of the way. It's the only way to arrive feeling sharp and refreshed. He'd probably run, like that time he ran from uh, Manchester to Nottingham, yeah. in that fun <laughs> run, and nearly died. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to turn up on foot, lays down a marker. Yeah, gets them thinking. <laughs> um... Gene went shopping while I headed to the, to the meeting and first impressions were encouraging. Uh, Mort was a lawyer for Freshfields. Isn't Freshfields the supermarket in Coronation Street? Yeah. That's probably what he told him, yeah. Yeah, no. told, yeah oh. I'm, uh, I'm around a supermarket. Oh, which one? Oh, oh uh, Freshfields. Fresh Is it Freshfields? Yeah, yeah, that's it, Freshfields. Oh, I like that one. It's the one in Corrie. Do you know Gene wasn't there to tell me it didn't exist. <laughs> Do you remember when Miss Pip Popoff off of Rentacles used to work in there? She was married to Alf Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know her well, yeah, she's yeah, anyway. good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he and Mike actually shook my hand, and then I was introduced to Tony Jimenez, who I was told was a property developer who would be taking an executive position to help the transfer business. I'd never heard of him, but he talked a great game. He had contacts all over the world and a strong network in South America where he felt we could get ahead of our rivals. So you've got a fella here who's a property developer who is now mm. basically running a football club. And that sounds is how football part, though, works at you its got best. Tony sounds like a trustworthy, good, solid English bloke, but Jimenez sounds like he's got something of a Latin sophistication. Yeah. Perfect for director of football. And he's got Means all the contacts. He can talk to the lads on the training pitch, but he can also operate in Buenos Aires when he's trying to broker a big deal. <laughs> Yeah. Um, they were willing to wanted to know if I would be willing to work with the director of football when it came to identifying players, and I made it clear that wouldn't be a problem. Um, no problem at all. What is a director of football? And Actually, how, don't tell me. It doesn't matter. And how many millions of pounds will I be getting for this? <laughs> Listen, let me make one thing clear. I'll work with whoever you fucking want if you pay me. <laughs> I couldn't give two fucking hoots. <laughs> And there were three possible candidates. Uh, Terry Venables, who'd already been interviewed. Mm. Dennis Wise, who was in the week, the Leeds job at the time. So they were going to prize and Wise. Tony Hart. Tony Hart, off of Heart to Heart yeah. Attack. Now, the third mm. one was Monchi, who was the director of football at Sevilla. Now, this, this sounds like... Uh, Monchi. Monchi sounds like might be the, the mascot at Sevilla, like a, a, a Pac-Man style monster that goes around gobbling stuff up. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he's a character from the Mexican version of Sesame Street. <laughs> La Strados Sesamia. <laughs> Monchi. <laughs> so imagine how it could have turned out if Monchi had been director of football instead of Dennis Wise. It could have all been so much better. Yeah. Um, Wise was so they young. gave it to Wise, which was a weird decision, really, yeah. wasn't it? Well, this is what Kev says. Wise was young in football terms at 41 and not particularly experienced for that specific role. But I didn't see that as a problem. Oh, he's got no experience, but that's fine. He'll probably just pick it up straight away and everything will be brilliant. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, 
He knew the inner workings of the sport and I could remember picking him for to play for England. So I must have trusted him back then. We'd always got on fine. I picked you to play for England, you little cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so you fucking owe me, big style. I gave you fucking ten England caps, you twat. <laughs> <laughs> Ride it in, will you, Kev? <laughs> I'm, I'm your boss now. now. <laughs> I'm in charge now. Um... <laughs> Ashley asked me some more about my plans for Newcastle um, and, but it was Jimenez that did most of the talking telling me he knew people in Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Uruguay and all these other places and that he would use his contacts to find me brilliant young players he was clearly a confident guy um, I was liking what I heard but it came to discussing my contract knowing what I do now perhaps I should have realised it was never going to be straightforward with these people so yeah. uh, when there's a big when there's a big bag of money dangled in front of you, in all honesty, you don't really think straight, and you, nor should you. You don't worry about Just, the whys you, and wherefores. Yeah, and you, you you kind of investigate things, but then if you if you turn up shit that you're not that comfortable with, your brain sort of has a way of kind of pushing it to one side. <laughs> Is this you specifically? Unless it's like child labour or yeah. or murder I mean yeah. it's like The Firm with Tom Cruise have you ever watched that I haven't where he's like but you know it's it's um, who's it by that famous author who writes those airport novels but you know he's a young lawyer he gets offered a job John inside John yeah that's it inside a prestigious legal firm he moves to a new town to join the firm and, you know, they set him up, they give him everything, a brand new house, beautiful house, beautiful car, his wife's happy. And then slowly he discovers that they're, I can't remember what they're up to, but something awful. And um, that's very much like being Kevin Keegan or indeed any it, football manager. It sounds as though the Simpsons episode with Hank Scorpio is based solely it's, on that I book. think that was based on it. You like my shoes? Please, yeah. take them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that was actually I think that Hank Scorpio episode based was based on the firm, on the firm. Yeah. excellent um, Oi, just on a side note uh, to do with Keegan um, I was looking into Keegan's home in Hampshire right. because we know that's where he's been and so I was trying to find out the specific place in Hampshire where he lived yeah. Uh, I drive through Hampshire a lot because it's what you have to drive through to get to the Isle of Wight. Right. In fact, the Isle of Wight is uh, technically part of Hampshire. Right. Anyway. So Hampshire's the gateway to the Isle of Wight then? It's the gateway to the Isle of Wight, so it's a place that I have interests in. And I looked up where does Kevin King live in Hampshire, and all I could find was a newspaper article about some property he was seeking to develop Ooh. in Hampshire. This is going back a few years. It was from a local Hampshire newspaper. He was looking to get... He'd bought some land that he wanted to build about 20 houses on. Um, and it was in a place called Romsey in Hampshire. Yeah. So I'd gone on Rightmove, the property website, and typed in Romsey. Mm -hmm. And turns out Romsey is a delightful historic market town. Right. With uh, amazing houses, uh, very good value prices for the southeast of England. I yep. mean, to you, as a wearsider, they'd probably seem astronomical. But for instance, I'm looking at a place here, and it's five bedrooms with a massive garden, and it's for 799995 So just bargain, under 800 grand. For a five-bedroom house, that's remarkable. Wow, I can't 
comprehend these numbers and as a weird cider anyway i've looked at it and it's um it's a new build development and they're all for sale and, and i think kevin keegan i think they must be <laughs> They must be, because the articles from something like 2012, 2014, it's saying Kevin Keegan's bought this land in Romsey. He wants to build a load of houses on it in a, in a new development. Now it's 2019. I'm looking. It is a brand new fucking gorgeous looking development with a bunch of new houses. I think they're called Oxley's Meadows. Right. I think that Kevin Keegan has developed these houses and I, you can imagine how much I want to move to Romsey anyway oh, now I've found out yeah. about it. Because it's better, value, it's better value than where I live in London. And it's equidistant between London, where I work, mm-hmm. and the Isle of Wight, where, where I relax. It's where I relax and play. Um, and I would really like to buy a house where... Well, what I'd really like is to rent one and for Kevin Keegan to be my landlord. <laughs> Look at what this podcast has brought you. This could have brought you a new life, uh, a more Fucking relaxed hell, life. Mate. Yeah, this is the life for me. Living in Hampshire, Hampshire's great, countryside all around, but touching distance of the grand metropolis of London and the dreamland Xanadu of the, the Isle of Wight. <laughs> Fucking hell! Yeah, go for it, mate. Doesn't affect yeah. me, does it? No, not really. Well, I'll still, if it, as long as it's got happy. Wi-Fi, you and I can yeah. still be doing this every day. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. So then it comes to the um, the contract negotiations. Uh, Kev wants a three-year deal, which they're quite happy to give him. Um, but they put a clause in which say they, they get him a million, which is one year's pay. So mm. it's three million over three years. They'll give him a million if they decide to sack him. He says they told me yeah. it was a three-year deal, but from that perspective, it worked out more like a rolling 12-month contract. So Kev's, Kev's doing his own deal here. He hasn't got an agent or anyone representing him, no lawyers. He's just sorting the mess out in the back of a fag packet. He, he might have turned up with a false beard on. Hello, my name's John Agent, agent to Kevin Keegan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk money. Uh, so he's, he's not happy. He walks out because it's not a three-year deal. But he says, I was... Halfway down the stairs, when my phone rang, it was Chris Morton. He wanted me to go back. Why don't we try again? He said, "Don't head off. Let's have another go at working it out." <laughs> so uh, he does, and they sort of give in to Kev's demands. And he says, uh, "I was just as excited, if not more, as when John Hall offered me the job in 1992, because there was more money. There was a lot more money for starters." Um. He says. Um, Mike Ashley had the money and I hope top-notch people around him. It felt like the dream ticket and the perfect opportunity to fulfil the grand ambitions I nursed for Newcastle and then the next bit's in italics. This guy is going to help me take this club to where it's never been, I thought. We're going to win something this time. We're going to get this place rocking again. And we'll find out in the next episode whether indeed they did get Newcastle United rocking again. No spoilers, but... <laughs> so there we are rocking all over the world well I like it I like it I like it I like <laughs> it I like it he hires Francis Rossi as first team manager you with hilarious consequences yeah <laughs> and of course Terry Max around as well so that's the next Oi, episode it'd be better than their one they, they play fucking they play um, dire straits when the team run out at Newcastle it's, it's don't Mark, they Mark Knopfler the theme from local hero yeah 
Yeah. Mm. Bit weird, isn't it? A bit dull. Okay. They seem to like it, though. Right, that's it from what this do, one. What do, what do they play at Sunderland? Uh, at the moment, it's Prodigy, Invaders Must Die. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Brought that in this season. That's <laughs> a new one. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gets All things right, going. Play. All right. Mm. Thanks for listening, everyone. Back with another one next week. TTFN. Bye-bye. on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing elevate your style without the elevated price tag with quince go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns